0: That's what booking studio time and not being done will do. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, yeah, you know, you're running out of time, dude.
1: Welcome to Green Room Door, a production of UTR Media. I'm Dave Trout, and I love taking you not just to the venue, not just backstage, but through the Green Room Door to give you just unparalleled access to the artists who are making some of the most meaningful music today, so you get to know the heart behind the music. And most of the shows that we've done so far have had kind of a... first half second half guest on the show so two guests per show but occasionally we are going to do an extended interview with one guest the whole time like today's show where we are going to have a uh, in-depth conversation with a veteran singer-songwriter an award-winning independent artist and just all around, very gracious, hospitable person. Uh, you're gonna get to know Christopher Williams
2: on today's show. We're somehow, hoping the fervor of my own voice will set me free. I'll climb to the top of the mountain, just to bellow back down to the sea. There's no rescue when I am done. No Answer meets my ears, oh, yeah. but the power of silence still breaks me down to tears. The city makes the man. 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 City. Makes Uh,
1: yeah, that's a clip from uh, the title cut of his 2014 album, The City Makes the Man, and we're going to hear some more musical clips and some conversation from Christopher around his new release, which uh, just came out in 2017. It's called Gather, so uh, we'll share more about that. Now, if you hear some some uh, crackling, maybe uh, some little buzzing at times during this interview, it's because, boy, we had quite the setting for this conversation. Um, the This interview took place on Christopher Williams' back patio, uh, kind of in the evening, with the fireplace roaring. Uh, it was typical C-dub style. We just had a great time um, chilling and talking, and, and hope you enjoy this in-depth interview with C dub Christopher Williams So I've only been kind of connected to you for um a few years and I think about just about 3 years um and yet you've been recording and releasing music for over 20 years. Yeah. So um so maybe help me just cuz you know, I think I think uh for anybody who is kind of uh like me, a a late bloomer when it comes to your music, <laughs> a recent yeah. you know, more recent discovery, um tell me about kind of how you got into this all, um, kind of what the trajectory was in the early
0: years. Sure. Um yeah, this is my twenty third year of making music as a living, which is amazing and an amazing yeah. gift. <laughs> um, and gather the record that I just released was number 11, not number 11 studio record, but number 11 record. Um, and I first started, uh, in my early twenties and, um, was out in Seattle, Uh, um, live in Nashville now and was out in Seattle for four years right after college. And, uh, spent six weeks up at a uh, young life camp up in British Columbia. And and after that six weeks came back and quit my job teaching preschool and, and made my first compact disc, which back then was a really, really big deal. Yeah. And so, uh, came out in 1994, January of 1994. It's completely, uh, not, um, can't buy it anywhere. And that's on purpose (laughs) 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 because it was terrible. And, uh, and then kind of uh, from there got really plugged into the singer-songwriter folky secular world of of uh John Gorka and Sean Colvin and and uh Patty Larkin and all these indie artists who were just amazing songwriters great guitar players David Wilcox uh all these folks that that really uh I was just drawn to um and uh from there uh, Pierce Pettis was a huge influence and from there made a second record that uh I made with a guy named David Miner who did one of my favorite Pierce P- Pettis records of all time called a record called Chase the Buffalo. Um and that kind of put me on a trajectory working with him uh and then moving back to Boston after that where I really immersed myself kind of in the singer-songwriter folky uh Unitarian basement church coffeehouse world of Boston kind of going after that
1: I was gonna uh, ask what that what that looked like playing out was that was that college campuses clubs, uh
0: yeah it was mainly houses. clubs and coffee houses some theaters uh, rooms like the Tin Angel in Philadelphia Eddie's attic and yeah, Decatur yeah. kind of those size rooms 100, 150, 200 size rooms doing a lot of openers to try to get uh, new folks into the fold, so yeah. I did a lot of openers with David Wilcox around the country. Yeah, and, um, just trying to get in front of new people and and write write good songs that would draw folks in and um and fun out of that uh, out of that time. Uh, learned how to play the djembe, which really came in handy with sitting in with folks um, in that world and and uh, opened a lot of doors and opportunities. Um, and then I moved down to Nashville about 14 years ago, and uh, in that process kind of opened the door to um, touring with Jars of Clay, and, and and we were doing a tour for their um, Redemption Songs album, and we played a lot of churches because most of those were kind of hymns and spiritual songs and and uh i didn't really change anything that i did i remember in that show in 2005 that tour it was with ashley cleveland and i opened and then ashley would play and then jars would play and i kind of discovered that wow i can do these songs that i've been doing for years in front of this audience and it goes over just as well as doing it in front of a folk club yeah and it kind of opened the door to me of like oh I can kind of play anywhere. It doesn't. I don't have to think about venue versus church. Everything was kind of a venue, and I think after ten, twelve, you know, thirteen, fourteen years, I kind of realized, you know what? I'm a little bit tired of venues and trying to have to prove myself, and I'm yeah. just going to kind of open the door. And then house concerts were really becoming popular, and that kind of opened the door. Like I don't really care where I play. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to play for people that. Uh, Will appreciate it and respect it and uh, be inviting and um, it kind of opened all kinds of doors after that
1: yeah and I don't you know tell me what when this shift took place but but there seemed to be maybe it was in that era yeah um, a a bit of a shift in your songwriting as well that that you um, I guess you were willing to explore more issues of faith and And or at least kind of in a more overt way. Obviously, everything is sort of faith inspired, but yeah. But um, you know, just uh, did that happen because of you know the experience with jars and all that?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think uh, when I first started writing songs the songs after all of the breakup songs that I first started writing, <laughs> which I think every dude songwriter, that's yeah. the beginning of their songwriting career is when they get their heart broken. And yeah. mine, her name was Karen <laughs> and it was freshman year of college. Yeah. And I wrote a couple bad songs. Um, and then when I went out to Seattle, I kind of reimmersed back into writing songs about my faith. Um, And then kind of moving back to Boston, step back from that a little bit, very present uh, within the writing, but more focused, the writing on uh, writing songs that that could be taken in lots of different levels. So if you, you know, if you heard a song, you think, oh, that's a sweet song for somebody. And no, that's actually a song for God, Mm. if you actually know who I am. Right, right that kind of writing on different levels, um, was, has always been kind of in that shift of around that second record, uh, 96, 2000 around then being really thoughtful about that, knowing my audience at that point. Um, but also still walking uh, my journey with God and, and that being an important part. Um, and then as the jars thing happened and as, uh, I wouldn't say that I became more vocal in my faith, but I, it it's, it's just, there were some songs that just kind of shifted and were a little bit more obvious. And it's funny, this new album, Gather, there's a lot of love songs on it, um, but they're not necessarily love songs for anyone in particular. And there's Uh, There's some inanimate object love songs and there's uh, love songs for God on it. And so I kind of wrote all these songs so that it felt like, oh, I'm not quite sure who that's about. Um, So the audience, you know, the listener can take it any direction uh, they want, which is a kind of a fun thing. I I feel like it's my friend Alice Paul always used to say, you want to write songs with enough details to pull people in. Uh Uh-huh. But not too many that you're telling them what to feel and exactly what they're looking at. So, enough tangibility like, okay, I can go into that story and into that song really easily and then pull out what I need to and, and kind of embrace it in my story. You know, I think about that Ashes song that um, I've played for you, and there's so much kind of mystery in there, but there's so much tangibility of like, we're sitting around a table, we're drinking wine, we're toasting. Uh, the sins that, you know, we've forgiven. and uh, But then there's there, there's lots of details but lots of mystery wrapped up in it. And, uh, and I think those songs are the songs that really people can kind of grab onto and that have a lot of impact in, in emotionally speaking within people's hearts. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I th- those are the songs that move me, I think, uh, that you're like, oh, man, I can f- I'm feeling something. And I'm not quite sure what he's talking about, but I'm tracking in my own heart with with my own story in the midst of that.
1: Mm, yeah, um, yeah. I would, you know, it's fun to get it's fun to get sort of the lay of the land, the, some of the backstory. But but I definitely wanna wanna shift all the way up to to the new album. Yeah. Gather. Yeah. So um, tell me. Um, I guess I guess uh just to get started, um I know you told me kind of off mic that that initially you weren't even sure that this album would ever would ever be made. Like yeah you, you thought maybe maybe this was the end you know the last The project. City makes the man, yeah. Yeah, maybe that was the the, the culmination maybe maybe you know but but here you have an amazing new batch of songs, so mm, so thank you just just first tell us like how that the the, uh, the beginning of that
0: yeah, i that last record the city makes the man uh came out um three man three years ago, i think and and I really i put it out uh it was a it was a little bit of a low, more low budget record, I kind of was going for something really specific and. Doing a lot of house concerts, a lot of unplugged shows, and I thought, I want a record that represents that. And so we really strive for that. There's not a lot of instrumentation on it. It still feels really full. Um and I, I, I that record came out and I thought, all right, that 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 could be it. I feel like that if that's it, uh and at that point I'd been wrestling with if I was gonna continue to do this and um and I really kind of open-handedly released it and said that, yeah, that, 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 if that's it, I'm, I'm okay with that. I can walk away. And there was a, there was a job possible prospect on the horizon. And I thought, no, if this, yeah, I, I'd be all right with that. I feel really uh, grateful for the amount of time. And then I was up on, uh, in Minnesota, um, playing some shows and I had a couple of days off. And when I have a couple of days off, I'll usually try to find a cabin or somewhere I can go hide out and be by myself and write and so i went up to siren wisconsin to my friend megan Uh, she has this cabin her family has a cabin up there and and i went up and i hid out and i i talked to no one for three days and uh started three or four songs and there was one that um kind of came out pretty easily and finished itself and um it was i think it was november and i was doing some prep work for uh, leading worship at a church and was reading the Advent story, and I was really struck by Mary's story in a different way and and just struck by the, 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 the angel coming to her and saying, do not be afraid, and her response in the midst of this story that was unfolding that she was pregnant and unwed and just a kid and she, her, her response is what struck me, and it's, and and she said, if if that is what is to be, then then that is what is to be, and she leaned into it really hard, and I thought, man, that is amazing. Uh, that's I don't, I've never read that before in that light, and um, and so the song "Do Not Be Afraid" was written, and I kind of, in that sanctuary of hiding out in a cabin, uh, just finding quiet, finding peace, kind of being surrounded by the noise of this world. It was really kind of craving that, and and that story struck me, and so the song kind of fell out, and and I started playing it pretty much right after that and and realized that this is a song that people are really craving for, that people are, not the song, but just the idea of, like, the fear and, and pushing back against fear, and it's a really prayerful song of just the chorus is simple it's do not be afraid and then the second chorus is twice saying that the third chorus is three times saying that Mm. and wrote that song and just kind of kept i'd play at shows and people would come up and say hey where's that song hey can i buy that song and i said and i for a long time was like no i I just wrote it (laughs) and thank you and and i realized all right i need to write enough songs just to record that song wow and so i I stepped back and 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 took a little time and um this last season this last year wrote ten songs to fit around that one song to kind of make an album out of that. so it was really fun the the project kind of uh, with a really specific intention of writing to support. Um, that one song and and they're all not about fear but that kind of that idea runs through a lot of the songs and um, it was really a sweet it's been a sweet journey yeah man, and was... and to be able to play that song now and then have other ones support it um, it's really sweet because it's the first song in the album and, uh, and I really debated about it because it felt like it should be the last song in the album that that's the thing I want to pe- leave people with but people's short attention span I knew it had to be first <laughs> so it was sort of the yeah I want people to hear this song so I can't put it last I need to put it first so this is this seg this is the intro into the record of like stop for three minutes and 57 seconds and get ready to step into this yeah
2: Gather, if you are weary and if the way is heavy for home Let go All that you carry There is no reason to do it alone Do not be afraid Just for a moment And let the world keep spinning without you Breathe deep Hear your heartbeat This is the place where we'll all be
1: I find it like a really great start to the album too. I mean, the very first word of the song is "gather," yeah, um, which is really, which, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. So, so, d- which, which I think is very perfectly named album. Just knowing you and knowing mm-hmm. your love for people, your love for community, your love for gathering people together to break bread to yeah to to laugh to you know here we are sitting around the fire that's right sitting (laughs) sitting
0: in front of my fireplace with the crickets
1: Uh, exactly so um you know i'm 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 guessing that you know you when you wrote do not be afraid uh, you probably didn't have the idea that the album would be called gather but when when did that sort of form
0: yeah i hadn't i had no idea and uh (laughs) it's so funny I don't even know if I have a tangible like when did that happen But that word was in the song from the beginning yeah and uh, uh my wife and I have a friend in Memphis and she gave us this uh this little wood sign that says gather as a gift and it's sitting on our kitchen island uh and I I walked past it many times and looked at it and then there was one day where it struck me. I was like, that word. Oh yeah. Yeah. That word. What What is it about that word? And, and, uh, so kind of stepped back from that and, and, uh, realized I need to write a song about this cause this is exactly what my life has kind of turned into being about of moments like tonight uh, moments like house concerts where we're gathering people together to to kind of, uh, like the Do Not Be Afraid song, push back on the fear, breathe deep, let's listen to one another, listen to the longing. Like, we need to all slow down. And, and I think stemming from the, the album before this, the, uh, the last track on that record called Redeemed, which is about kind of carrying one another just feeling like there needs to be, there needs to be more songs about that. And it's specifically about, um, that idea of coming together. And, and, you know, my, my community here in Nashville is, is a huge part of my, my life and my journey. And, uh, was with a small group for 11 years. Uh, mm-hmm. and we would gather together, uh, and, Speak truth into one another, and cry together, and be honest with one another, and fight, and forgive, and all kinds of. Uh, I, I did, the more that I thought of, it, I was like, yeah, this this in this generation, in this culture of being so connected and yet so alone. Yeah, we need to be reminded of that. Oh yeah, and so it's kind of a the the record and that song in particular is just I feel like this batch of songs has a spirit about it. The last one was more about my journey. uh, And like the city makes the man, this is the need, this is what I've done. This is, you know, and this is more about us. This is more about, we all need this. Uh, We need to listen. We need to step into this. We need to be aware of this. We need to fight for one another In this and and that song in particular um, kind of speaks into that of uh, we are we're forgetful people we have been um, all throughout redemptive history and and I feel like we're even more forgetful now with technology and feigning being connected to one another and and we need to be reminded and we need to remind one another about who we are and why we are uh important and that's kind of what that song speaks into
1: yeah now I, I i love um uh, you ha- you also have a a smaller community uh you know i guess slightly more uh, uh, a a smaller uh segment of that community that um, you actually, you actually lean into when you are getting ready to kind of hone the songs that are going on an album. I, I, I find your process kind of fascinating. So I thought oh, I'd yeah. ask you about about the, uh, you know, how in in what ways that you do lean into your own community, um, in in sort of the making of an album.
0: Yeah, that um, this one was um s- slightly different than the last one um but i i will um on that last city makes the man album i sat down and played all the songs for three producer friends of mine and they just ripped them to shreds lovingly <laughs> um and made them made the songs better um and this record uh, i had some co-writes on it Um, and this one actually was really fascinating too. I I sort of played it out for people, but also I've done something I've never done before. And that was, uh, I took these gigantic white sheets, you know, those, uh, like poster board sized sheets with sticky on them. I wrote out all of the lyrics. So I'd write one song on one piece of paper one song on the next piece of paper, And I went up into my office and I laid them all out on the wall. I stuck them all to the wall and they were there for about a month. Mm. Uh, And I would sit as I was finishing the songs and I would oftentimes would sit and I'd read all of the lyrics to kind of see the themes that were crisscrossing. Wow. And where did I use that word? And oh, I can't use that word again. That's too obvious. and, And how the word gather... Worked its way into half of the songs wow. in different subtle ways. It was a really cool journey, and I really felt like uh, there was there was a a really strong intent behind writing these songs. It was most of the albums. I'll write, I will write and write and write until I have eleven songs that I like, and I'll throw them all together. And this one was like, no, there's there there was a lot of intention behind putting all of these songs together. And in the certain way that they did, and a lot of thinking about who my audience was or is going to be as I was writing them, which was really fun to kind of have a purposeful, purposeful bent to writing as opposed to just writing what's on my heart. And I, I really feel like that kind of gave a has given a flavor to the, the this batch of songs about kind of the us mentality of no, these are this is we all need to hear this. This isn't just me. This is we all need to hear this and. That's been really sweet.
1: Man, that's that's that super fascinating, especially the uh the songwriting process that you went through. That's it's it's um I think it I think it gives us the listener a little glimpse into the the real work that you poured mm-hmm. into and 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 I'm sure there's other songwriters that do that, but sometimes you you hear the stories of the songs that just kind of like Fell into place in 10 minutes, and you forget that. Well, there's a lot of other songs that need to be toiled over for weeks and months, so that's really fascinating. So, um, but that brings up another question, which is I'm I'm thankful I'm not a songwriter, but (laughs) because it would be maddening to me to you know to have so many songs that you are constantly tweaking and revising. I guess the question is how did you get to the point where you knew a song was finished
0: uh that's that's a great question um i i sometimes f- I, I feel like there's been a lot of songs where i'd look back after i record it and say wow i wish i'd gone a little further with that huh. um
2: yeah
0: and and maybe because this record is so fresh but i feel like there aren't any songs on here where I can think where I think that about them, which is really, really sweet. Um, cause I feel like I did my homework and I worked really hard. Um, that's what booking studio time and not being done will do. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh yeah, you know, you're running out of time, dude. You, you, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> which is not really the way that I like to operate, but that's kind of what happened. Uh, and so I was really—I uh, wouldn't say down to the wire, but I was very focused. Uh, I burned a lot of firewood over the winter, <laughs> uh, curled up in uh, in, in our uh, in my writing room, and uh, burned a lot of wood writing songs, um, and just trying to choose very carefully the words. And and amazing how the feels of songs changed from when they started to where they ended up. Um and I think again the whole idea of having a having kind of an understanding of what I wanted this batch of songs to be about and to feel um had a lot to do with it. Like I, I think about uh the second track on the album, The One I Want, and it started out as a really finger picky, slow love song and that's where the music was and I thought okay I have a I have a hook and I have the music and then uh it sat for about a a year and then I went up to Maine uh in the beginning of December for 5 days by myself I got up to a cabin uh it snowed 18 inches the next day and I was locked in and it was awesome.
1: That was exactly what you
0: needed. It was right? exactly what I needed. Yep. I brought a bunch of wine and some great food and I just hold up and I didn't talk to anybody. Um, and I sat in front of a fireplace again and burned a lot of firewood. But to go back and listen to those early recordings on my iPhone of, of, oh yeah, this is where it started. This is where it went here. And then it went to here and then it went to here and then it went to here. It went to here. It's like, five six different transformations of the song to get to where it landed on the record and and that that's that is unusual for me. Yeah. It usually it sort of locks in and I'm like okay that's great and I leave it but this man these songs went through I think m- almost all of them went through a pretty huge transformation from where they started to where they ended and uh yeah, that was, that was an unusual journey for me, but a really cool one to just kind of... And it's almost like you just kind of have to keep getting after it and getting after it and pushing it and pushing it until the song breathes the way that it's supposed to. I think of that Ashes song um, that I just talked about earlier, and that song was supposed to be about something completely different, and, and I relinquished control of it, and then it landed where it was supposed to land. Wow. I kind of let the song breathe where it needed to breathe and go where it wanted to go. Cause I feel like they have lives of their own in some regards and, and the trick is getting out of the way enough, uh, to, to let it be what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, I think of, uh, the track, um, uh, with me now, which is on this album and, totally two different thoughts that song came out of completely out of nowhere but an idea a thought that i had had a long time ago about wanting it sounds so silly but wanting to write a song about the steps the path from the edge of the bed to the bathroom that you take in the middle of the night (laughs) and i don't know that's just if that's just me getting old or if it's uh it might be but, you know, that path, You we all have that path yeah, that yeah. We, we make the journey from the bed to the bathroom and then back to the bed because you're half asleep. And I always thought it would be funny to write a song about that path and the idea that when I have been gone from home for too long, I forget those steps. Mm. And those steps are so automatic uh, when I'm present and... and no matter how asleep I am, I can roll out of bed. I know it takes two steps to make a right around the bed, and then I know where the floor creak is so that I step over it so my wife doesn't wake up as I'm on my way. Um, And I always thought, I want to write a song about that. And so this verse came out, and then I connected it to this bizarre dream that I had six or seven years prior about, This other journey that i had in the dream of going down into this cave and coming out with these gigantic boulders and dropping them then i go back down and come back out and the dream i remember really vividly was going down and coming out and going down and coming up and i thought why am i this stinks why am i carrying these heavy stones and what is this dream about and 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 kind of looking back at it and looking back at my journal that i was writing about that dream realized oh and also being kind of ensconced in in some hymns at the time, thinking about "Come Thou Fount" and that word Ebenezer, and that that word means stone of help. And Saul put down these, in the in First Book of Samuel, he put down these stones to recognize this is this this is the stone of help. This is where God delivered us in this battle. He came and he provided and and connected that to this this crazy dream I had and I have the thought, Oh, these, these stones are massive and they're huge. They're burdens that I'm carrying. They're hard. And we have these hard things in our life and, and when we walk out and we drop them and then we go back in and we go back into the depths into the darkness. But every time that we come back out and we drop these stones, they're creating a pathway out of the darkness. Huh. And so the idea that with every hardship that we face, Uh, when we lay it down, it becomes a monument, a Ebenezer uh, to God's goodness uh, in our lives. And it leads us back out of the darkness. So every time we go back in, we're kind of following that trail. And I I thought, oh, those things would go together so well. That would be so cool. It has nothing to do with either of them other than I'm walking (laughs) in both of the verses. But that idea of like, I have burdens, uh, we all have burdens that we carry and we need to lay them down. But it's just the cry, the plea of, I need to know that you're with me uh, in the middle of all that. Yeah. That was, the, I was a, that was a sweet journey of a song to kind of come out of nowhere Yeah. Uh, and put together. And uh, it's fun. That song has resonated with a lot of people and just the, the, the feel of it and the, the nature of it the spirit of it um it's one of my favorites to play live yeah
2: and like the soles of my shoes the skin on my hands was weathered and torn With every stone I gather. past the history of
1: it's called with me now it's by Christopher Williams. It's from his new 2017 release gather, which of course you can get at iTunes or Amazon or wherever you buy your music, um, or at his website, dot And we'll be back to the fireplace on the back patio to talk more with Christopher Williams in the second half of the show. Um, Before we take our break here, I want to let you know about some exciting things happening at UTR Media. Um, uh, Not only do we have a couple of videos that have come out in the last uh, month or so, uh, but we have other podcasts that we produce as well. And if you love well-crafted music, you'll like these other things that we're doing, uh, including a show called Release Dates, where we chronicle the making of an album from concept to creation and it is an unfolding story and it's actually the hardest thing I'm working on right now so uh, hop along for that Good Patron is produced by Garrett Godfrey and uh, not only do we look at the latest in crowdsourcing campaigns in Christian music but uh, just some good practices and advice and tips on how to become better s- supporters of independent faith-based music Um, And then, of course, we have the Gourmet Music Podcast, where we uh, feature some of the best music being made today. Um, We help you find those needles in a haystack uh, so you can dig in and enjoy um, not only um, faith-based music, but stuff that's really artistically and thoughtfully and creatively well done as well. So, Check out our podcasts. You can just search UTR Media at Stitcher or iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts, and you can subscribe to all those titles. Um, You can also find them at utrmedia.org. We'll be back with more with our guest today, Christopher Williams, next on Green Room Door. This UTR media podcast is sponsored by the latest release by Luke Dowler. South by Luke Dowler features songs of passion, heartache, and hope.
2: It's gonna take a
1: you can find South by Luke Dowler at iTunes and lukedowler.com.
2: Hey guys, tune in to the two-hour broadcast of the Rich Mullins Tribute Concert from Escape to the Lake 2017. Hear tribute songs from great artists. If stand, let me sail. Me in. And stories from those who loved him.
1: He made a real effort to contribute and to make a difference, and that was extremely meaningful to me. So in that way, the, the truthiness and the integrity of the way he lived made me feel okay about how, how hard it is to be truthy and filled with integrity.
2: UTR Media's Rich Mullins Tribute Concert Available now at YouTube or at utrmedia.org
1: Welcome back. You know, we just could not contain Christopher Williams to a normal size interview in one half of this episode. Nope. Uh, We sat down with him for an extended amount of time. And so we are giving him both halves of this show. Uh, So let's head back to the fireplace on the back patio in Nashville and enjoy more conversation with award-winning independent artist, Christopher Williams. So we've talked a, a bit about the different themes on the album, and I'd love to just talk for a moment about kind of the, the sonic nature of the album. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I loved City Makes a Man, and that, that, that had a little bit more sparse production, but yeah. but but it felt great this one um actually kind of took me by surprise because it it uh it really has a grooving band kind of behind <laughs> the whole thing like yeah like um yeah just tell me about the decision making behind you know just uh i don't know it seems like it, it kind of got turned up a notch
0: yeah it, it kind of did and and it's funny that was not necessarily the intention behind it. Um, (laughs) I worked with a different producer, Paul Moak, who is an amazingly talented guitar player and songwriter and uh, I've gotten to know him this last couple years and and I just thought and maybe this is kind of the hindsight of the last record maybe being my last record, thinking, well, maybe this will be my last one, I don't know, and thinking let's try something different and really uh the timing worked out for both of our calendars to kind of come together on it and then, and i wanted this album to have kind of uh, a different life to it um in the sense of uh the players that we brought together and so we hired um our friend Jeremy Letito to play drums and and he's kind of this way outside of the box uh, rhythmic, uh, just kind of really creative guy, and I thought he—I've worked with him before on um, on a couple things—and uh, thought that this will be really fun. He'll he'll really give life to these songs. And then Paul was playing guitar, electric guitars on it, and just all kinds of his studio is amazing um, here in Nashville, and uh, he just. Has everything, the studio is amazing in the sense that everything is always hooked up all the time. And so he can just grab a guitar and play it and it's ready to go and it's going through the right amp. And uh, so we would be kind of playing the song and he'd be like, hang on, and he'd grab that. And he he would, it it just kind of created these voicings. And and, uh, my friend Charlie Lowell on Keys from Jars of Clay, and he's an amazing, uh, amazingly talented keyboard player and always comes up with these great hooks. So those three guys were kind of the core. That I was really excited about, um, and they just took the songs and kind of gave them uh, a different sort of life. And, it, and the record was, it was not supposed to be as full as it turned out, but it just kind of we just had so much fun. It just kind of kept growing yeah. <laughs> in the process.
2: How does a- songs you don't know, you still could sing them though, you say you don't know all the words. They mostly sound the same when you listen every day, They're just the same as they play, it's hard to separate the good songs from the rest of the show.
0: track the whole thing really quickly. I've i all of my albums I've kind of done really quickly and we tracked uh this one in in like three days I think. Wow. Yeah. Um all of all of those parts and then kind of went back and fixed guitars and vocals here and there and added color and um but the trying to keep the guitar and the vocal really still up front. But there's just a lot of stuff going on. It's a lot fuller than um, certainly then the city makes the man but um, yeah really fun process fun different working environment and yeah we had a blast
1: yeah so when you when you play in front of people or i guess if they listen to your recorded work what is some of the hope that you have for the listener to experience from the music you're presenting from the live show or from the record I I guess I guess you, I mean I'm are are they different
0: for you um I I, I yes and no I, I feel like um I feel like when I play live I'm try I fill a lot of space sonically with the porch board and uh like a couple of songs on gather have these bass riffs. I kind of have grown to love doing that, like the the second track, The One I Want. The the whole thing is kind of built around this bass riff that I came up with that we kind of mimicked in the studio. And so when I play it live, it's still the same thing. It's, uh, it's still very present, got this kind of groove-oriented. The melody's kind of floating on top of it. And that's the same on the record as it is when I play it live. So I don't feel like there's a lot of variation from studio from the album to live other than there's just a lot less going on but I feel like I fill a lot of space as a solo artist I think out of necessity over the last 23 years of pretty much playing solo all the time I've, I've kind of grown to figure out how to to use the space like how to fill space and then how to create less space so that it draws the listener in and kind of that playful journey um, of doing a live show of um, working all those colors together with just a guitar and a voice.
1: Yeah. So that, that sort of, I guess segues into my last question, which is, um, I, you know, as, as long as I've known you for the last few years, um, uh, I think I think one thing that um, you do experience a whole new side of your music when you can experience it live. Yeah. Um. Just because you share the stories, you um you uh, you just create a very safe place for people to gather mm. together and to uh, experience the music and and I I have talked. Personally, to so many people who have walked away just feeling so encouraged and uplifted and moved by uh, hearing you perform, oh, and you. and I and I remember I remember one of the things uh, uh, when we were just meeting, kind of, I'm just trying to figure kind of figure your you out and like what <laughs> like what are you doing, and, and and I remember one of the things you said was, "I'm a happy camper if you can just." set me up in front of people and give me like two hours to just play songs nonstop, (laughs) I can, I, I will be more than happy to fill that time. And I was really kind of actually surprised by that. And and sure enough, like that is so true. Uh, So I I just want to, I really want to give you an opportunity to address people who might be listening uh, because I think some people feel like, the only way to bring an artist to their town is through booking agents and it's it 's this whole world that 's hard to grasp and i and I feel like you are totally making yourself accessible hmm. to come play music for people if you, if 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 people just want to create an environment where they can just soak in a couple hours of amazing songs and stories, hmm. like you are the right guy for that so what are some ways that? our listeners can invite you to their neck of the woods
0: um thank you for those thoughts i appreciate that yeah um i'm yeah super accessible i'm a, a diy indie artist one man show so i kind of do everything and and uh you can email me at christopher at christopherw.com that's probably the easiest way and and i will respond um but it it really Yeah, it, it, I think, I think you're, uh, you're reminiscing about our, our tour together that we did that spring. Right. And I, yeah, I really, I'm a pretty low maintenance guy. Yeah. (laughs) In the sense of, I just kind of roll with whatever and we roll into a venue and has sound great. If it doesn't, great. I just, it's, it's been really, uh, I love playing music. Yeah. And and in kind of any venue in any opportunity. And I often will get made fun of for sometimes how long I play, but I feel like if I'm doing my job right, people won't be bored after 90 right. minutes. And I just love it so much that I kind of just keep going and I don't make a plan, which maybe is what keeps it really really fresh, but I'll usually have maybe the first song, maybe the second song. And then I kind of let it unfold from there. I'll have a list of songs in front of me just if I need a trigger for something to kind of what's coming up next. But well, will often just kind of let it roll. And I think that's the most fun for me of like how each night is kind of a journey of figuring out where the audience is, figuring out where I am, responding to one another, and then also listening to the spirit of uh, spirit of God and like, okay, we're going to go here. Okay, I know I feel like I'm supposed to go here. Sometimes changing mid-decision. No, actually, I'm going to change that. I'm going to go here. I think it's just sweet. It's There's a sweet dance that happens in playing live music where you can be really regimented in it and and um, and that works for a lot of people, um, and you can be really stressed out about it, which sometimes doesn't work for people, or you can kind of allow a freedom to happen of like oh, I'm, which is the fun of this record and where all these songs came from. Of like, no, we're gonna hang out in your living room with forty folks, and I'm gonna play for two hours, and I have no idea where we're gonna go, but yeah. I'm gonna try it if we're all showing up and being present then i think it's going to be a pretty sweet a sweet night and um i love it I, I think back to that tour that we did a couple years ago and and some of those some of those nights were were so sweet uh just the way things unfolded and and playing for new people and i think really honestly it i was having a conversation with someone yesterday about this and I think it really kind of comes down to a comfortability and a perhaps years of doing it, and also a sense of um, it's not about me. Uh-huh. And and I don't say that to say, wow, aren't I, aren't I really humble? It's 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 a if you're engaged in kind of what's present in front of you and letting kind of your insecurities and everything else kind of fall away and just be willing to embrace what's in front of you. It's a pretty amazing what can happen. Yeah. And the sweetness I think of these, this batch of songs is, uh, I feel like that, that spirit runs throughout all of them. And, and I think that's maybe just kind ca- have come, has come with a lot of, Hard years on the road where I was really, really insecure and um, not necessarily doing things for the right reason, and more concerned with how many records I was going to sell and how I was going to do this and how are we going to pay for that, and more of like an open handed letting go and um, hey, I'm ready to see what happens tonight. I'm, I'm excited and being prayerfully expectant and hopeful of let's let's see. You know, let's see where this goes.
1: Oh, uh, man. Yeah, dude, you're the master at that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and, you know, it, it's funny. It, <laughs> some of it um, has come from the last, I would say, more than some of it. Um, a lot of that, I think my the attitude of this and approaching this has really come from my love and... Uh, the, the love that I've grown for for leading people in worship in congregational music, yeah, and being on staff for the last four plus years at a church of planning every single Sunday service and the intention behind that and listening to the spirit and the preparation of that and thinking about who's going to be in front of me, I think that has influenced deeply how I play shows, yeah. Um, And I don't even know if I really have the words to it, but I know that because of the amount of time that I've put into that, it's affected how I'm approaching everything else I do musically. Yeah, wow. Um, I'm not leading people in song, but I'm leading people in the two hours that I'm in front of them. Yeah, and I may lead them in a song, or but it's not like a congregational Sunday morning. This is the purpose. It's more of a listening and a, and that is just a sweet gift from God. Yeah, to be able to marry those two things together, and um, I think I'm really realizing that now with this batch of songs and this record as I've gotten to play it out these last couple months of, like, oh, that's the difference. There, that's what's made the difference. Is that time and that outlet uh for my music and a uh, man i wouldn't I wouldn't trade that for anything what a gift that has been for my heart and for my spirit and just for um, everything else that that I get to do musically outside of that
1: yeah well one i mean one example that comes to mind right away that sort of speaks to that is. Um you um led worship at my church once, and I think the the um, and you were very, very much engaged with you know who who am I playing for? what is the you know, what is sort of the vibe of the church? you wanted to serve the 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 congregation that was in front of you and not yeah. just and 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 you even wanted to know the sermon topic of the day, you know, it's a, maybe I could pick a song that would weave itself into people's hearts as yeah. they're preparing and thinking about the sermon. And I remember, I think it might have been, you know, kind of an offeratory kind of thing where, you, you know, you got to play an original song. And, and, and it was just one of those moments where, you know, it was a spontaneous thing, but you just unplugged, everything that you had on stage and just brought your guitar right down to the mm. middle aisle and just walked up and down the aisle singing the song. And the church and, and the environment allowed for it. Yeah. And, and and it felt natural. It felt worshipful. It didn't feel like you're trying to draw attention to yourself. So, I mean, you were definitely leading people, but still with that spirit of spontaneity and yeah. and, and willing to sort of you know just adapt to a unique environment so i mean so it's even you know i just i just think that more i hope that there's more people that um you know if you're if folks out there are are interested in uh having a musician that can can, can do that can lead worship mm. can 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 guide a congregation through through a time of you know praise and songs and singing along, but also have opportunities, um, you know to to just share songs where people are sitting and listening. Uh, I just hope that that people will take advantage of what you have to offer because mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's a real gift. And I and Thank I've you. I've hosted you know well over two hundred concerts, so um, I, I think you just have a, um, a definitely unique gift in that. Uh, ability to kind of read an audience and then serve them well. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's very kind of you, man. So, so what are your uh, what are your kind of wh- what's on the horizon for you?
0: Um, booking a lot of shows. Um, yeah, a pretty big mix of uh, leading worship in places and then playing shows and trying to get creative about. How to share these songs in lots of different environments and contexts, which yeah uh, has been fun. Um, a lot of traveling coming up, yeah, a lot of traveling, and uh, also a shift of of I left that church job this this last season, and and uh, as that's been a huge grieving thing for me, but also a really freeing thing and, and a sweet thing to look back at like we just talked about and If there was a lot of gifts that came from that time and um, so I'm excited to see what, what the Lord does with with that time now um, mm. I kind of hope to be more intentional writing too I, I, I've been more of a seasonal writer these last few records of uh, writing when I had to and I kind of want to f- Refocus back on writing because I love it, yeah, and because I want to, not because I need to. Um, and kind of restaking, re reclaiming that, I guess. Yeah, which is hard to do when you're on the road. It's 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 those windows that I find where I can go hide somewhere, but I want to be even more diligent about that. Of of when I have an hour to pick up my guitar and uh, and see what comes out. Um, it's a lot of business too, though, of of releasing a record. It, it, the funny thing is, with this this batch of songs, I really feel like it, it has these songs have the potential to kind of have legs to go further than I might even be able to take them. Yeah. So I'm I'm really excited about getting it in people's hands, however it needs to happen. Definitely, I think there's 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 a a need to be reminded to not be afraid. Yeah. And, and to gather together and, and, uh, those two songs in particular, I'm really excited for people to, to be able to hear and embrace and rest Mm. in and to become prayers perhaps for, for folks. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah. You know, it's, it's somewhat out of my hands. Yeah. Which is pretty sweet.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations on! I, it really is a tremendous album from start thank to you. finish. It's it is a beautiful thing to listen to and uh, soak into your ears and hearts. Mm. And uh, I, I think it's it's um, definitely uh, it stands out as one of the best albums of the whole year so far. So thank you so uh, absolutely much. Absolutely well done.
0: Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for uh, supporting it and and. Uh, yeah, engaging with it. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, totally. Well thanks for your time too. It uh, I know it's kind of an extended interview, but it's 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 fun to kind of yeah. dig deep into a project like this. Right on. Thanks, nice Dave. This
2: is why we gather. This is why we gather.
1: You know, it's easy to think that maybe if you have missed out on the first 23 years of someone's career, that you have you're too late to the game. Um, but really, not so with Christopher Williams. First of all, um, I can't believe that I only met him three years ago and started really sinking my teeth into his music um, because he's, his music has become just on heavy rotation in my life and he's become a very dear friend to me and somebody that I uh, he actually even hosts me when when I travel to Nashville um just uh, very generous and kind and um courteous so I'm so thankful to know him to know his music and Um, It is not too late for you to discover um, his music, mainly because I think that he is getting better and better and better. Um, These last couple albums that he's made are the best of his whole career, which is amazing. He just seems to be hitting his stride right now. So um, check out his new album, Gather. Like I said, it's at iTunes, Amazon, wherever you buy music. Uh, and if you want more on Christopher the Man, and, and and you can see his albums there, his website is ChristopherW.com. We are just so thankful to C-Dub for his time and just hanging out with us on Green Room Door. It really kind of was a, a more in-depth interview and fun to, to do something like that with him. If you have any questions for us or if you have any recommendations on a future guest for green room door you can write us uh, we have an email address which is green room door podcast at gmail.com and of course it is so so helpful uh if you enjoy the show to rate and review it wherever you listen whether that's Stitcher or Apple Podcast Um, and you can always find episodes at our website which is utrmedia.org also uh, just most of you know this but we could not be here without the help and financial support of generous people just like you who believe in what we're doing and love that we are creating a platform for underdog artists and really giving a bigger voice, hopefully a bigger voice, to independent, faith-inspired, well-crafted music. You can uh, get involved uh, with our ministry. Uh, We are a 501c3 nonprofit, so your gifts and donations Um, Directly help us to keep doing what we're doing, but it's also a tax deduction on your end as well. So, um, more info on giving is at our website, utrmedia.org. Well, and this is probably a better time than any to announce who's going to be on the next episode of Green Room Door. And yeah, we just talked with a guy who released a phenomenal album. Well, we get to talk to another one because he just dropped his sophomore album, which is great. Uh, We're going to talk to Dove Award-nominated artist John Tibbs and also Roots soul artist Micah Dalton. That's going to be on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Dave Trout, and we'll see you back here on the next Green Room Door.